It's been five years since Leon Le Havas has released new music, but on the 17th, she released her third self-titled album. You've been hearing it here on Indie 1023. I'm Bruce Trujillo, and my guest is Leon Le Havas. All right, first off, congrats on the release. I've been watching the lead up on Instagram and Facebook, and you looked so excited to release this into the world. Thank you. It's an album about really transformation, specifically here after a relationship. And I think a great representation of the album as a whole is Can't Fight, which we've been playing here on Indie. Because of its sound, it's kind of upbeat and it sounds almost hopeful, but the lyrical content here really showcases that transformation. So tell me a little bit more about the song Can't Fight. Mm, Can't Fight is basically a very chirpy seemingly happy song um but the lyrics i think tell a different story and it's it was meant to be the fact that it wasn't as it seemed basically the relationship itself on the surface looked really good to everyone and you know even me i was believing that it was better than it was and that there was less things wrong than I thought and so I guess the song is like meant to be sonically deceptive because the the meat of it is really quite serious and my my feelings at the time were kind of trying to be oblivious to what was really going on all right well let's get to this one it's from Leon La Havas on Indie 1023 here is Can't Fight it seems that I won't be warned And certainly I saw a sign I raised like a woman's scorn But something about you got me gone You're pulling me back and I'm going under A little peace, a little love A little this, is that enough? Can't fight on Indie 1023 from my guest, Liana Havas off her freshly released new self-titled album. And I love the beats on this album from the opener, Bittersweet, and just all the way through. It's also a little bit more stripped down from your previous two albums. So tell me about the sound on this one. Um, I also love the beats. And I've got to thank my incredible rhythm section in my band for that. Also, there's there's two songs that are a different band so one song paper thin was recorded drums were by homer steinweiss and bass was by joe harrison and then sour flower i had the privilege of working with yet more incredible musicians mark juliana on drums and bernice travis on bass and Sam Crow on piano. And Sam Crow wrote with me throughout the album. Mm. Um, Mark Juliana, I met him years ago at the NAM show, <laughs> um, just randomly, like in a hotel room where we were looking at some type of keyboard. Um, and Bernice, I've known for a while, and we have many mutual friends. So it's all a very amazing kind of. I just wanted to shout out to all the other musicians basically that were not in my own band in London as well. So they provided the beats for those songs. They're incredible. And then my actual drummer, who's called Dan C, and my bass player is called Eve Fernandez. Um, they basically are some of the fungiest cats 
in the UK. <laughs> I think. Those baselines, like, uh, I think that's yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Like, I, honestly, like, I, I did Weird Fishes with the band. And that was the first recording that we did as that, you know, as that setup. And it just was very clear to me after that session that I needed to do the rest of the album because they just totally understand me. They get it and they were willing to help me understand my sound and trying to explore it and see what we could do. And I basically was able to really explore their potential and my own potential, therefore, by doing it this way. So, yeah, we did Bittersweet, we did Weird Fishes, Seven Times, Can't Fight, um, loads of it. Read My Mind with these guys in London, and I'm so proud. Well, and I want to dive into Weird Fishes a little bit more and kind of the story behind that and having it serve as the base for the album. But um, having this kind of more stripped-down set, do you think that it has, uh, it kind of really points to the lyrical content being a little bit more raw and stripped down as well. Like you're really digging into um, your transformation after this relationship. And the sound I think is a really good representation of that as well. I agree with you. I think that was partly, I think it was kind of accidental, but also I realized that that is a way that I like to produce, you know, and the way that I like to, to work is to make stuff, that sounds like the thing that it's about you know like I feel like this album is, is a lot of a lot of the music was written before the words so I would I was able to find the words because the music was appropriate for the subject if that makes sense yeah and you aren't one to shy away from blending genres and sound so it isn't surprising you also found a number a number of sonic inspirations for this album of course one being your mentor prince before his passing in 2016 but also Joni mitchell's name keeps popping up harmonics like reminiscent of destiny's child and you worked with producer mira massa how did these different inspirations find their way into album number three um i listened to all the music I loved as a young girl basically growing up in London my mother was deeply into R&B and soul and basically if my mother was listening to it back in the 90s then that thing that was cool like my mother always had her finger on the pulse she had amazing taste so I realized that that's when I started to discover music for myself, you know, I think I was influenced heavily by what my mum liked. And then just as I got into my early teens, I was just listening to just tons of R&B, Brandy, Mary J. Blige, um, Missy Elliott and Timberland and Justin Timberlake. And so for some reason, when I was making this album as well, just the the subject matters that they're talking about. In R&B, it's so prevalent talking about your relationships in a really honest way. And like, it's like you're talking to your girlfriends about it or your close friends trying to get their opinion. And I always have written in that way, like looking to someone for their opinion. And so for some reason, a lot of that music just really resonated with me. And then um, a lot of my other influences were basically from a lot of Brazilian jazz, a lot of 
Jaco Pistorius and Joni Mitchell, their work together. And also always Joni Mitchell, because I love her. Um, and I, I listened to a lot of, you know, just really amazing, strong female artists that I love. And now I wanted to make my version of the stuff that I like. And the album presents itself um, kind of in a couple of different vignettes that set up different stages throughout the relationship and leaving it. Did the songs you wrote kind of just set themselves up to be presented in this way or did you kind of intentionally go, okay, I want to kind of create a timeline here? It was just happening that way. And then I can't remember when, but I remember there was a point where I was like, oh, wait, now I have to, this is my story. This is what I have to do. And I remember, I was like, well, I've written a few songs about my feelings and sort of tracking what's been happening. And then I remember, yeah, there was just a point where I was like, oh, wait, yeah, this is what the album is about. I remember thinking I could just piece together my story. So, yeah, it sort of happened by accident because I was just writing and finding things. And then I eventually stumbled on a concept. And some of these songs were already kind of being written before you intentionally started writing an album. So how did you integrate past thoughts into this new project? I just, yeah, I just sort of, I don't like wasting stuff. I have lots of ideas and I always think, oh, it'll be useful someday. I'm like an ideas hoarder. I just thought, even can't fight, I was going to say, that riff that opens the song I made that up like eight years ago and just never did anything with it until Muramasa was like oh that's a cool riff maybe we should try that so you never know so I keep things handy just in case don't throw away those ideas don't um, never throw away your ideas <laughs> All right, let's get to a song that kind of kicked off the recording. We kind of already mentioned it, though. The, uh, your cover of Radiohead's Weird Fishes. I love the story behind this. It was after Glastonbury. You went and recorded it with your band. And then you said it was kind of the, the, the bedrock for how you wanted the rest of this album to sound. So tell me about recording this with your band the first time and being like inspired by that to continue with it. Yeah, um, we had just played our first two gigs together in this as this band with my new bass player and drummer. And we booked the session immediately after Glastonbury. And I thought it would be a nice way to start because it's a cover. So I thought, well, it doesn't have to be, you know, cause I didn't know how I wanted any of my original material to sound at that point. You know, I only had like one or two songs. So it felt right to do that cover. And I'd always wanted a studio version of it because it's only ever been live. And then they just like nailed it. I remember my bass player being unsure about recording without a click. And I was like, no, it's okay. It's amazing. So don't worry. And then it just turned into this thing. And then I, I loved it. It was just kind of the first time that I, heard the possibilities of what I could do with this band all right well let's get to this one it is Liana Havas with her cover of Radiohead's Weird Fishes on Indie 1023 why should I stay here why should I stay here 
Indie 1023 with Leanne Lahava's cover of Weird Fishes, originally done by Radiohead. You can find it on her new self-titled album, which is out now. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciated talking with you. You too. Thank you for having me. They turn me up.